0: And now, from
1: beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff.
0: My guest is Terry Kaye, who from the time she was 24, wondered about the strange occurrences in her life and whether she had an NDE. She decided after watching our podcast to get a QHHT session to access her memories to see if she actually had one. And it turned out to be true. Terry, thank you for joining us and welcome.
1: Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: It's amazing to learn about your story and to note the effect that our podcast has, especially on you, that it, you know, it caused you to go get this QHHT session and find out what happened to you.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'm about to be 61. And so for about two thirds of my life, that's been my journey to try to figure out why all of these, uh, you know, strange things are happening. So, um, and I checked off all the boxes, but I didn't have the memory. And without the memory, I just didn't feel right to say that I had an Mm NDE. I needed to to tap that and know for sure. So um, thank you, because I might have spent another 20 years or however long I'm going to be here just continuing to wonder. And now I don't have to.
0: Where would you like to start?
1: Well, um, by saying thank you to you and to your guest, uh, Gabrielle, for I guess it was podcast 736 that she was on. Um, and uh, thank you to my facilitator, Christy Sharp, for doing what she did for me. But and, and thanks to all the people that came before me, because I've literally been researching near-death experiences for 37 years now just to understand why I am the way I am so and trying to make sense of it so I'll I'll just say that like from the get-go my near-death experience the only time that it could have happened was at a month and a half of age no memory of it Um, I went along my life as most kids do and um, there were times that I knew things then I would just think, well, you know, that's weird. Um, but as a kid, you don't spend too much time analyzing that. And um, at about the age of 10, I was out playing one day and uh, one of our one of the neighborhood moms was out with her kids and she thought it would be a real good idea to tell us all. She's a very pious person and she gave us all the in time biblical with uh, lots of hellfire and damnation. I didn't come from a religious family, so it ter- it really traumatized me. Um, I was really scared. So um, I didn't quite know how to process that, but went along with my life. At the age of 12, what I call my death alarm went off, and that's just what I call it. it uh, it's when I know that somebody's either, they died before somebody's told me, or they're going to pass, and I've asked my guides like, so why do I have this? Because it's not like it solves anything, but it, it's I have a very skeptical mind. I, I, I doubt everything that's going on, and um, I need I need tangibles. I need proof. So they know that about me, and this is just a way for them to touch base with me and remind me that we are connected. And so it's happened a lot over the years. But um, so the first one happened at 12 with my grandfather, happened again at 21 with my grandmother. And then my big holy smoke moment happened about age 23, 24. And at that time, I was uh, I, I was a mom now. I'm married. I have a, a child that's not quite two years old and living life. And on the TV one day, I see somebody talk about near death experience. And without that early trauma, I'm not sure I would have, I might've missed it, but I didn't want to go to hell and I'm terrified. So, wow, there it is. So I really need to know what it's like to die. So I'm all ears and I'm listening and I believe it was Raymond Moody. Um, So he had several books. I went out and bought every single book I could find on the topic and I read everything. And what I well, it, it, in the beginning, I mean, the first thing that happened was I thought this kind of feels familiar. This is really not um, meshing with the hellfire and damnation, um, but the, but it actually kind of feels familiar to me. But the really weird thing for me was they would talk about like all the things that happened to the physical body after somebody is back in their body, you know, goes across and comes back in. And I didn't expect to, I didn't expect to relate to that, check off all these little boxes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, that's me, that's me, that's me. Like, um, well, 20, married and trying to be cute when I'm a kid and went out and bought a couple of watches because I'm a grown-up now. And I couldn't decide which one I liked better. I'm glad I did it because I got them home and I wore the first one for about a week or two and it quit working. And I thought, well, okay, I got another one. So I put it on and same thing. So I took them both in, had them looked at, and he said, oh, the batteries are bad on them. And I'm thinking they're brand new. So they fixed them. I brought them home. Same thing happened all over again. So that was the end of that for me. Um, light bulbs, street lights, um, my body temperature—this is a weird one. Has always been at least a degree lower than normal. But the, all those things that you read when you're looking into near-death studies—that was all me. And I thought that was bizarre. And I knew already that I was intuitive. I knew that part. I knew about the death alarm. Um, we went to a wake. Um, a friend of my husband at the time. We we're divorced, but. Uh, A friend of his, um, his sister had terminal cancer. And so we went to the wake. And I remember for the first time, this is now in my face. One of the siblings got up in this Catholic church that night and told everything that was happening to her. And how the dead relatives, and she was talking about these deceased people, and she was seeing across the veil. And I was like, gosh, it's real. So for me, um, this is very Very relieving to hear that um, maybe it's not hellfire and damnation after all. Um, So um, then the holy smoke moment came. So my stepfather was into car racing um, as a hobby, and they had a club, um, and so all the members joined. And there was a a guy that was my age, and they he was married, had a little boy our son's age. And he flipped his car one night on the track and he broke his neck and he lost the the use of both of his legs. Spent a lot of time in the hospital, but eventually um, they were able to move him out of the, the hospital into tear at the Houston Medical Center. And so he was in a halo and it was, it was a really bad situation. My mom helped run the racing club and she would go to the hospital or to tear a lot to just see him and visit and um, visit with his family it was a terrible time for all of them so for me personally um I would have Fridays off and I, I this is so clear even now um I had Fridays off so I'd take my son we'd run errands have a late lunch and go to Toys R Us to let him play. That was our, that was our little play date and our ritual. So we had just left the restaurant. I had just crossed over the railroad tracks. Toys R Us was within eye shot and bam, I hear my death alarm goes off and I hear his name. I see his face and I hear he's dead. And I immediately looked on my dash at the little digital clock there. And um, I noted the time and I thought that's, that's crazy because he's stable. I mean, it's not like he's in critical condition or everything it's it's just, it was bizarre to me, but I couldn't shake it. It was so pressing and so upsetting. So this was in the eighties, no cell phone, no internet, nothing. So I had to go home immediately. And my mom and stepfather had a business together. I called over there. Um, She didn't answer uh, uh, one of their employees and this guy, often went to the racetrack too. So he knew all of the stuff about this guy. And so I asked her, my mom and I'm told she's not there, Well, where is she? She's at the hospital. And I, and then I think, okay. And I said, well, look, and I, I normally wouldn't say this, but I just kind of blurted it out and I kind of regretted it afterwards, but I guess it's a good thing I did. I said, look, I just have the worst feeling that he died. And the guy said, oh, gosh, I haven't heard anything like that. And so, of course, I'm immediately and just so embarrassed. I'm thinking, okay, he thinks I'm crazy. And, shortly, and so I said to him, please don't tell my mom <laughs> that I called. And I said this stuff, please. So he's like, yeah, okay. So that night, I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, she's going to go to work Monday. And this is going to be said to her. It's going to catch her off guard. And, and it's just going to get weird. So I just need to tell her. So I was like, look, mom, I called the office today and um and I asked if he, I had this bad feeling that he died. And so I asked, and if anybody knew if they'd heard anything. And I was just bracing for the, oh my god, you know, like moms can do. And instead she said, What time was that? Well, I had looked at the clock, so I could easily tell her. And so what she told me was that it had happened. And that he had an IV. They had over-medicated him. It flatlined him and they had to call the code and and defib him. So I would let 10 years, because this guy lost his legs. His whole life was flipped upside down. His wife left him. I mean, it's bad. So he had a really rough time and I'm not just going to call up and say, Hey, by the way, this happened to me. So what happened to you? So i Did let 10 years go by and I did finally call him and I said, Look, I want to ask about this. I know my mom was there when it happened. If you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. You don't have to. But I would like to know like what happened. And he was like, Thank you. He said, I have tried to tell my family, my wife, I tried my friends. Nobody would let me talk about that to them. And I was like, My all years, go for it. Knock yourself out. So what he said was that he had he was just immediately out of the body, above his bed, looking down at himself, and I thought this was very interesting and after all these years of you know hearing everybody's stories, um he said, "I looked at his arm and thought the arm was touching the metal rail, and as they were about to defib him, he said, that's going to burn him and I thought. And he said, I didn't really feel connected to the body. And I was like, wow. And I said, did you go to the light? <laughs> I just, I wanted the whole picture, but he said, no. He said um, that they defibbed him and he was back in his body. But I thought, so I'm telling my, you know, I have told my mom this, this connection thing. And so now I have a witness because I hadn't the other two times. This was my third death alarm. and. She just thought, wow. So I went to her and I said, look, I want to talk about when I was a kid, when I was a baby. So as a baby, um, I had something called pyloric stenosis. And that is where the stomach and the intestines have a valve between them called the pyloric valve, and it closes. And so everything I was eating was coming straight back up. And when you're a little bitty like that, that can, it gets bad quick. So you know, malnourished. I have seen pictures of myself as an d- during that time, and you don't sit and stare. But I did once, uh, not all that long ago, as well as I got my memory of my NDE back. Um, I realized, wow, you know, I'm a mom. I've had two kids. I've had. I've got a grandson. Um, I was really thin looked really frail it was not good. so I was struck by by just seeing myself like that but um so I, I I wanted to know from her like how sick was I how bad was it it was really bad um is it possible that I could have died? She goes, well, you know yeah it could have could have happened that way um it was we were really scared and the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on with you because um, this typically happens to male babies. And it actually presents at about 28 days in a, in a male and another 10 to 14 days for a female. So, this particular doctor was familiar with this in males, but not so much for females. So, he was not looking for that. And um, so, the next question was, like, okay, were you with me all the time at the hospital? Um, and she said, no. And I said, so in 1962, if I had died, And they had revived me would they have told you she said oh gosh no not at all she said they were they a lot of them had god complexes back then and they didn't communicate with us very well so i was like well okay so at that point of course i have no memory of this but it's at least plausible to me i've got all these little boxes checked off and now i've talked to her and so fast forward into the 90s I'm growing spiritually um living my life and um I have this very weird uh communication that comes in and I thought uh this has just got to be my imagination but at this point I'm very aware that I have spirit guides I don't know their names yet I do now and um But I know what they sound like and I know what I sound like in the 90s. So now I'm in my 30s and uh, I hear you should do intuitive readings, except they use the P word psychic, which I hate that word because it's got all kinds of connotations, you know, attached. And I was like, okay, that's got to be in my head. I would never want to go do that. So um, they keep it keeps coming. And I'm finally like, look, if that's what I'm supposed to do, let's make this easy. You find me a psychic with a great reputation. um, And I will go into that person. And I'm not saying I'm not asking. I'm not saying a word. I'm just, you know, I'm going to be a little hard, stone faced about it. And they got to lay it out or I'm never going to even consider doing this. So a couple of days later on the TV, there's this woman, I'm just like, oh, no. So because I'm thinking this is never going to happen. So there's this woman who is uh, she had an NDE. She was in her bed and got struck by a lightning through the wall. She died. They revived her. She came back all turned on and she worked with the police and helped solve murders and missing bodies and missing people and all kinds of stuff. So I got her number and made the phone call, and she had, I was like, Greta, she's like, no, this is her receptionist, and I'm like, receptionist, wow, okay, and I said, well, I'd like to make an appointment, and she said, well, we're actually not taking booking, she's so booked up right now, we're actually not going to book for a little bit, and I was like, great, that's great, <laughs> no problem, and she said, well, can I have your name and number, and I'm like, sure, because she's all booked up, it's not going to matter. So I'm like, okay, this is just really in my head. This is really in my head. So I get a call about a week later, and it's dumb, and I'm like, she said, well, she said she saw your name and number and asked us to call you. And I'm like, okay, and do you still wanna get a reading? And I'm like, no, yes, yes, I sure do. So I, I get in really quick, I go in, I sit down and she, she's amazing. She's so accurate. She has since um, passed to the other side of this life, but um, everything was boom, 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 boom. And I'm just, okay, okay, yeah. And then she tells me, she does the deal. And she said, well, honey, you're very intuitive. And I said, okay. And she said, hmm, yeah. She said, you know what? You're going to do what I do. And I said, I'm such a brat about this but i said oh well what is it that you do i was not gonna fill in the blanks i mean just not doing that and so she said well what we're doing now she said you're gonna do intuitive readings and i was like okay and i have no idea what she said next it's just from then on i was just mind blown um i lived in an, another state at this point i lived we lived out of out of texas and I went to the nearest biggest town that had a metaphysical bookstore, hoping that I could find somebody that could give me some guidance and take some pity on me. Cause I didn't know how to do this. So I walked in and I talked to the owner of the store. She was there and I was like, do you know anybody who's like really intuitive? And she was like, oh, yeah, I know a few people. And why do you ask? I was, well, I was just kind of like wanted a little guidance and, And she said, are you intuitive? And I said, yeah. And she said, do you do readings? And I said, not yet, but (laughs) kind of being, you know. And as the next thing she's like, come do this at my store. I'll let you do this on the off hours when we're closed. I'll let you in. I'll come back and lock up when you're done. I'll book them for you. I didn't have to do anything. I was like, oh my gosh. So I go in, it's like breathing. It's the easiest thing. It's just flows so um at this point I'm really on the spiritual journey and I was really excited like I had these grandiose ideas that these people were going to come in and they were going to have all these great spiritual questions and all it was was mundane stuff about is he cheating on me do they love me am I buying the house am I getting the promotion and I did it for a while and it just it was it was quite sad I thought man you're getting connected to the other side and that's what you want to know but you can't say that so eventually i was pretty disillusioned with it all and i quit my marriage was falling apart and it was time to pack it up and go back to texas so that's what i did i went back um i had some few good years i started my life over the kids and i were doing great i was not doing readings i still had all the you know thing going and um, my mom got sick and she had melanoma. And it was a very long, drawn out 18 months, very awful to watch, just awful. There was just about 67 pounds by the time she passed the last time we weighed her. But the day that she died was amazing. Um, I could, it was like I could hear the conversations. I know my mom was scared to die. She had, I asked her and she said, yeah. And um, I know that she felt guilty about leaving us. And so for those two reasons, my stepfather once asked the oncologist, he said, do you know, like, what do we expect? He said, she should already be gone for a long time. He said, but this is her and she's got a fighting spirit. And so there's no telling, it's up to her. And it really was. So um, I could like feel and hear, like just almost hear the conversations. I know that that room was full of beings from the other side. I know she was in and out of her body all day. I could feel that. And she died at sunset and I was holding her right hand. And my little brother was across the bed, holding her left. And my stepfather was right next to to my brother. And um, she She was doing the death rattle for all day. She'd had a stroke during the night, and she no longer closed her eyes, and she no longer um, looked. Even the eyeballs didn't even move. She didn't even look around. She didn't speak again. I mean, so she had clearly had a stroke, and her body was shutting down. And so she took a breath and let it out. Nothing happened for a while, and he said, "She's gone." And I knew she was still there. I could feel her. So. I mean, I'm like, no, she's, she's still here. And he goes, Oh honey, she's, and and I know he's thinking she's never going to accept this, but I'm not, it's not that I wanted her to go. I didn't want to see my mom suffer like that. I wanted her to let go. And I, I pretty sure there was something better waiting. So she sure enough took another breath and he was like, Whoa. And, and I could feel her lift up and she left. And so, um, You when that happens, you've got family and you've got friends and you've got all these people that you've got to make phone calls to. So that's what we were busy doing. We had to call the funeral home to come and and get her. And we had already made the arrangements and everything. So um, I was walking from their kitchen into the den, and then you take a sharp left immediately. And I was going to go back into the room and just sit with her for a while. And I just... She came from back here, through me, and stopped right here in my face on on the left side. And I was so stunned. I couldn't move. I I just froze. It was so unexpected. And as an empath, it's telepathic. And so that's how she communicated to me. She first flooded me with her emotion, which I would call exhilaration. I mean, it was like off the charts, I was like, wow. So she was telling me, I wish I hadn't bought it so hard. It's just amazing, wonderful to be here. It's it's just great. I'm I'm happy. Everything's great. And she also thanked me, but in the thank you, it wasn't a like thank you. It was a thank you with understanding that she knew everything that had gone on during her illness and what I had done it was that kind of thank you. Like I totally get, and she, she had a way of showing me I get that. And then she said, um, she said, you got great things ahead for you. And I thought maybe that was the guy that I was interested in, but it was not. Thank goodness. Um, And I see now easily what she was talking about. She was talking about my spiritual path and, um, and she said, and I'm going to get to help. And so a, about a year ago, I had a reading with one of your guests. Her name was, uh, her name is Sharon. And um, she does past life progression And she's also a medium and an intuit. So she brought my mother, Yeshua, who I love. Um, I'm not religious. I have spent 14 plus years studying Christianity, the Hebrew roots of Christianity. I have a very different perception of scripture of who wrote those first chapters and who, who God was, um, in those first chapters. And I don't think it was the creator of my soul. I think it was somebody very, in fact, Paul Wallace, if you know who I'm talking about Mm -hmm. Paul Wallace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, my guides were giving me weird little downloads and i would hear stuff and i would think what and i wouldn't know what to do with some of this stuff so i would shove it away and just go on my way but so yeshua was at at i mean she said i've got like four or five beings ready to come through for you and i'm like wow um and so she, the second being she brought through was yeshua who's jesus but i don't call him. i call him yeshua that was the second thing, which means my mother pushed through past him to talk to me first. And the really weird thing is what Sharon told me was exactly what my mother told me after she died. I was like, wow. So that was so validating. Like, oh my gosh. So um here I am. Um I'm watching your podcast and There's Gabrielle talking about QHHT. It was the most beautiful interview I have ever seen. There was not as an empath and an intuit. I know when somebody's exaggerating or elaborating or maybe not even honest. But this woman, I've never seen a pure interview. in all my 37 years of studying this, I was just um, amazed. And I can't remember that she had an NDE, but I know that she like was in contact with her dead husband. I know that she went and studied how to be a medium. I know that she um, went and became a QHHT practitioner. And when it was over, I just sat, I was so like I couldn't move. And then I just, I felt like I really do. I felt like some spiritual happened after that interview. I felt like God kissed my heart. I was so like, it was so emotional. And after that, um, I thought, okay, how am I getting to Germany? Cause she's German. And I'm, I mean, my, my thick brain is working and not, you know, and, and I hear like Germany and I'm like, yeah, that's where she said Germany. I need to go to Germany so I can get this thing. Right. Cause they'd already told me go do that. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. how am I going to go to Germany? And then they're like, Dolores Cannon's American. It started over here. And I'm like, oh, that's right. And so, okay, well, I'm in Oklahoma, so I know nobody here is possibly to do that. So I'll be going to Austin where my daughter lives because Austin's weird and there's all kinds of stuff in Austin. So I'll go there. And so I put QHHT and I pull it up and I thought, well, I better look here first, right? Because that makes sense. There's plenty of people right here. So I'm like, wow. Um, so I'm going down the list and I see Christy Sharp and I see her little picture and I hear, that's her. So I was like, okay, so I go, and she it, she gets me in, and she's wonderful. She's empathic. She's just the right person to do that kind of job, and so she takes me under, and um, when she brings me back out now during this session, I'm I'm kind of aware of what the topic is. She took me through a, a past life first, which was fascinating. Um, and then we get to my near death experience and there it is and i wish i could say it's the most wonderful nde anybody ever had and i sat on the park bench with god himself <laughs> it it didn't happen i was an infant so i i did not have a tunnel experience i was just in the light but i will tell you this the light to me was like a mist it was it was almost tangible i mean and and it was like um Well, I won't call it fractals, but there were, like, you know how prism makes, like, shoots off little sparks of color? It had lovely little pastel colors just showering through it, but it was, it was thick. It was a mist, and so I felt like I was, like, floating on my back, but the weird thing is, if I'm floating on my back. I can see all the way around me. That was bizarre. Like I had 360. I didn't have a body. I was just in the light. There was nobody there. I saw nobody, but I absolutely knew I was not alone. I knew I wasn't. It was peaceful. It was love. And I wasn't there for long. And so you know how, um, with your guests that have had NDEs, they come back. There's a before me and an after me, right? Mm-hmm. of the way I was before, and then I went, and then I come back, and I have a new, um, pro, you know, a newfound understanding of love, and and all of that, well, I I was a month old, I came back, and I was just like that, that's my whole life, I don't know how not to be empathic, I don't, and, and, and it was, that was hard, because not only is my emotion heightened, and my love for everybody heightened, but I didn't have an operating manual to understand that everybody else is not necessarily operating out of that same wavelength. And so when you're feeling what other people feel as an empath, you're realizing that yes, they love you, but maybe it's not quite what you're feeling for them. I never got that, but I do now. And I realized I was very loved by family and friends and, you know, but, It really is a very different way um, of operating and you can feel other people's feelings and you realize it's, you know, but I wish I, but you know, really it's fine because I, I know, I know I planned my life. I know that I did. Um, My mother carried twins before me and those are my guides. They are my guides. I know Cecily and Rasha. That's the names they go by. I'm sure my name isn't Terry on the other side either, but, you know, so I don't know, you know, but that's the names. When I asked, what are your name? What What is your name? I thought I was going to get one and she came through first. I saw her, um, aura, her pink, she had like a magenta color to her. And then all of a sudden he pops through and he's like a teal and, and then it's communicated we did all this together. We planned this. We popped in. We knew she wasn't going to carry the term, but we knew she would with you. And so we planned the whole deal. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But okay. So there it is.
0: Terry, thank you for sharing your experience with us. Earlier, you mentioned that street lights and light bulbs um, are doing strange things around you. Can you tell us more what they do?
1: Well, the light bulbs that you know the new light bulbs that they have out now. Light bulbs have changed quite a bit. But the old ones, I mean, I could go to turn on a a light and boom, it blew. And driving, and I've talked to other people who have had NDEs and they say the same thing. And then we talk about, we talk about the street lights, how you drive underneath them and those big yellow halogen. I know San Antonio's got those because I've seen them there. So this big, you know what I'm talking about? The big mm-hmm. kind of yowy. Yeah. I drive underneath them and they, they go out. It's very strange. So, um, and other people have said, oh yeah, the streetlight thing. And I'm like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool if like one night you drive underneath it and the whole street, is just boom, boom, boom. As you go down, it's never happened, but one will go out here and there and body temperature is lower. Um, and where, and, and I really do believe Jeff that when you're on the other side, okay. So they must do something to put us in here in the womb. Okay slow our energy down and the whole deal but when you come out and you go over i really think it messes with the electromagnetic field i do remember one night i was at my mom's we were sitting on the bar stools the french doors to the backyard were open and there is a transformer all the way across in the corner of the backyard and there was a storm going and lightning hit that transformer and we saw the flash and we heard the boom but I felt it. I literally felt like, ooh, it did not feel pleasant. I was like, oh, my gosh, did you feel that, Mom? She said, what? She said, I heard it. I said, you didn't feel like, ooh. And she said she didn't feel it. But I sure did. Boy, I sure did. Not not fun.
0: How did your life change once you verified the NDE?
1: Well, I will say, like, until I had until i could like actually tap the memory i felt like i had a little bit of imposter syndrome <laughs> this like i mean i've been searching for the last 40 years trying to figure out why am i you know why am i having prophetic dreams why am i seeing spirits i've seen them physically out of the bot and like not just in my head but i have seen a physical spirit um and and then i uh, recently i mean i, I know i I've, I've encountered the The spirits, but I never when I did the readings, that was all intuitive. Okay. It was not. Um now for friends, there have been times where a spirit would come through that a loved one that had passed over, but it never like sat on the hot seat to be a medium. Oh no, 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 no. So I'm on Facebook and I'm in this group, and this this woman, I love her. (laughs) She's funny. She's like, she puts this post that she wants to barter, just not pay, but like let's, I'll read you, you read me. I don't want any psychic. I don't need to know my, I mean, she was really direct and I'm, and it was a bit intimidating, but I felt kind of a, a, go do that. So I thought, okay, I got nothing to lose. At least I'll know if I'm capable of like doing that. And that happened. Uh, I I put, well, there's tons of people that replied. So I said, look, you know, I know you've got, um, lots of people. And if you just find time and you want to you know, you feel so inclined to to look me up and I, I will do that with you. And as it turned out, I was the first one that she connected with. And I was just like, when she told me that, I was like, wow, that's cool. So um, I, the whole day, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Why are you wanting me to do this? And so, you know, for sure, like, what do I do? How does it work? And it really, we make it some, I know, I make it harder than it needs to be. And so all of a sudden, I'm seeing this woman, eyes wide open, and there she is. And I can see her uh, silvery hair, and it's long, and I can see her features, and I get this Native American, Native American vibe. Native, And it's bouncing back and forth, and I'm thinking, okay, what does that mean? And so, and then when all that's finished, this guy comes through and I can see his eyes got very soulful, the whole deal. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's probably crazy. That probably meant nothing. Um, but since she's the only person that I've ever, you know, done this for, and there's nobody on my books for this, I'll just start. And so I told her, I was like, look, you know, I'll, if it's okay, I'll let me go first. And that way, if I spell, if I just fell spectacularly, you don't have to do anything. She goes, oh gosh, it's not like that. And I said, so some things happened today and I feel like I should mention them. So I told her and I am kind of looking for a little bit of feedback from her. And she's like, oh no, just keep going and and I'll just do the whole thing. And when it's done, I'm taking notes. I'll let you know how, how it went. And I'm thinking, oh God, this is horrible. This is like so on the spot. So when it's all said and done, I brought two other people after I told her about the first two and what she told me she she is a medium she's had a mentor she's trained she's run medium circles which I didn't even know there was a thing um so she's done all that she said I've had so many readings she said nobody she said you brought through my grandmother and she is native american um she is in spirit and nobody's ever brought her through before and I of course I cried because I felt so honored, like, oh my gosh, like, I mean, what great validation that yes, it can be done. Yes, I can do that too. And, um, and I really do think that over the last few years, Jeff, that the veil is getting thinner. I think that we are shifting into a new age. I think it's important for us to all of us raise our vibration. And I think everybody has intuition, everybody hears from their guides. They may not understand that that is what they're hearing, but it's there. I promise you. you, there's no way you go through your life and never hear from your guides. It just doesn't happen. So I think we're at a time where it's okay for people to try it, you know, and to figure out how it feels to, to do an intuitive reading, um, to be a medium. Um, to maybe Energy Hill or whatever, to connect with their guides and to work on bringing that energy up because it really matters right now. Um, We've got more people on this planet than in all of history combined, and that's not a mistake. Not a mistake.
0: i thought about that too, and I think I've actually even told somebody, do you think they're all here to witness the ascension or something spectacular?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean... I know that you've had guests on that have talked about what's going on on our planet. And there's some pretty dark stuff that's gone on. And, and that's some of this stuff for me, Jeff. I, it, I mean, in the here and now I've been learning about it for the last four or five years. And some of this stuff I would have just said, there's no way. But back in 2000 and beyond, my guide started giving me weird little downloads. I would hear something and I would think, like, so and so is not quite human. What? What am I supposed to do with that craziness? So I would just like, okay, moving right along. And in the here and now, learning that not everybody is what they seem and that this, you know, yeah. So it's made a lot more sense to me.
0: When you were doing readings, let's say back at the bookstore, how does the information come to you? For example, if you had someone wondering to know if their boyfriend is cheating, you just automatically know, yes, he's cheating or no, he's not.
1: Well, the first thing that anybody should ever do before they do this is pray and surround themselves in light. There's Because, you know, scripture says, test every spirit. Well, but then don't talk to dead people. (laughs) So How do you, I mean, you see what I mean? So uh, test test every spirit. So I really do think that protection is very, very crucial to doing anything like that. And yes, it's a knowing and and sometimes it's vision and sometimes it's empath. You know, you just get a feeling, a very strong feeling emotionally, or sometimes you actually have like a little movie um, in your head. Or sometimes you just hear a conversation of somebody on the other side, telling you so it's all of the above it it can be any of that there's lots of ways to get information and it just depends on really it really would more depend on the person that i would be reading for and their guides speaking of my guides and all of that's got to. i'm just like a telephone receiver so that's coming through and then you know i got to use my life experience and make some sense of that and be able to decipher it and put it into Um, intelligible words for the person that's going to get it. So it works like that. But I'm telling you, everybody's intuitive.
0: And you experienced the death alarm. How did you do that?
1: I didn't do that. That happened to me. I wasn't looking for any of that. The first time it was my grandfather. And before I I mean, I just bam, he's gone. And then very shortly after that, I get told same thing with my grandmother but with with the Grace car, car driver that, that was a friend of mine or is a friend of mine you know um that just like hit me i'm driving in the car with my 2 year old kid in the back seat going to Toys R Us and it's just bam it's uh it's so fast and it's and it's like it's not something that you shake it's just a very Like It's like a whole lot of information. Can you imagine what telepathy is like? Like like you hear the term download. You've got, you know, if you tell somebody I love you, okay, that can mean a lot of different things. Everybody's got varying degrees of what that might mean to them. So if a person could tell you how they feel about you in a complete knowing, where you completely understand the depth, the magnitude, the intensity, all the reasons why it comes like that. So the death alarm is no different from the rest of it. It's just, uh, and like I said, I don't know, you know, I was like, why do I have to do that? What is that, what purpose would that serve? And it was because you're such a skeptic. This is our way of reminding you that we're all connected. We're here with you. Oh, okay. So happened last year with my stepfather and my son was with me and I had had it the day before I got it. And I was like, mm, we kind of lost touch. My mom's dead and he's remarried. And, um, so he and I, my son and I were going, he was in the car with me and I was driving and I had my phone hooked up and the little screen, um, popped up with my stepbrother's wife's name. She never calls me. And, uh, I looked at her name and I went, oh God. And I said to my son, I said, look, you need to brace yourself. And I very quickly said, you know, the death alarm went off for Pappy and this might be, you know, and he actually hadn't passed yet, but he was in in the hospital. He was in and out of knowing where he was and what was going on. And I was a little upset that they didn't call me sooner. Um, And they, he got out, he got home. And he went home two hours. That's where he wanted to be. And then he let go and he was gone. So this was a pre-death thing. And that was just last year.
0: What are some of the things your guides have told you or instructed you to do lately?
1: Well, a year ago, I was given the task of starting a a group on Facebook. It's my only media outlet. And um, I didn't quite understand like, There's lots of groups for metaphysical and mediumship and all of this. So I had some health issues that needed to be resolved. So literally over the last year, they've laid this out for me. It's far beyond anything that I would have done. Um, So I'm taking care of my medical stuff. They're step-by-step showing me what they want. So the group is um, a place where... Well, anybody that had a near-death experience is still trying to process and trying to figure out what their abilities are like and how to work through it. That is anybody that's never had a near-death experience, <clears throat> excuse me, and would like to try it because everybody's intuitive, could come and do that. Uh, mediumship, intuition, energy healing, astro-traveling. Um, gosh, what else? Uh, Prophetic Dreaming, which I've had, um, and I know other people have had. I know people have had that. Uh, So there's just the whole gamut is what they've laid out. And there's a section for everything under the sun. And the concept is, well, the the most important thing about the group is we are in a very interesting time. We have shifted into a new age. Um, We've got some stuff to go through, and there really is there, I just wish people would understand there is a fight right now of dark and light. So it's so important to get your energy up and keep it up and control your thoughts. And I mean, not when I started understanding what was really going on on the planet, I was freaking furious, angry. And I didn't get mad for a minute, I got mad for a long time and I was dwelling in it. And I asked them, I know I'm not supposed to feel like this. What am I supposed to do? How do I get rid of this? And I heard very clearly, stop being demon food. And I was offended. I was like, how am I that? And they showed me. I'd never really thought about this before. But lower demons or whatever you want to call them, lower vibrating energies, which we do have. They do exist can feed off of your negative energy and i wasn't just a little sad and i wasn't grieving a little bit i was furious raging angry about what i had learned and i needed to shake that off so i they really taught me our vibration and our energy is is so important um we are light beings um and we need to keep our light up And so that's really the priority, but everything else is a secondary. And um, so let's say you come into the group and, and you, you say, Hey, I want to, I want to share a reading, I want to do intuitive reading, or I want to do medium. And I'd say, well, I'll do that with you. And so you would read me and I would read you and then we would give each other feedback. And there are other people in the group that are intuitive and are mediums and can help. So nobody's the teacher, everybody's the teacher, everybody's the student, everybody gives and receives. So there's no like, Instructor, like over everybody, I'm a facilitator of the group, but nothing more.
0: What is the name of the group?
1: Soul Tribe Connection.
0: If people want to reach out to you and ask you questions, is it best to do it through the group?
1: Uh, well, they could find me on Facebook. They could do it through the group. I will. I do want to say this one caveat: if you know everybody's welcome, and if and if you're coming because you're on a soul journey, like me and like a lot of people are right now please come. I mean, that's what it's for. It was to help people. It, it's it's really to help people. But if you're interested in being a medium or a psychic and you want to hang a shingle and get rich and famous, please don't come. <laughs> that's not what it's about. Please don't come. Um, that is, that's not where we're at in this day and time. And pretty soon anyway, everybody's going to have their own connection and we won't need anybody reading anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they can they can look me up on Facebook. I'm Terry T-E-R-R-I-K-A-Y. And my um little profile picture is a dark blue background with a beautiful dragonfly. I love dragonflies. Um I've been visited a number of times with those and other other little animals, but um it's purple and like a teal green color. So I'm there's a lot of Terry K's, but nobody has that dragonfly, so I'm pretty easy to find, so they can go to the group, or they can hit me up, and uh, send me a message, or whatever, or, you know, and the other thing is, on, on the group, everybody, I want everybody to have, make a separate profile, and that way, when we do readings, they're cold readings, and you never are tempted to look at somebody's, all their family pictures, and, you know, just keep it Keep it real. Keep it very, very cold and very real so that it's like accurate. And you're never doubting yourself. So everybody will need a new profile. Everybody will friend request each other. We'll use Facebook Messenger to call or video chat um, to do these readings or, or whatever. There's all kinds of stuff that's already set up. And I'm really actually, I mean, I didn't think of a lot of this stuff myself. They gave it to me. So I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Manifesting. Where they told me do group manifesting, you know, if somebody has something that they want to manifest, the whole group can, can get together and manifest that into creation.
0: So it's pretty cool. During your NDE, you were in this white mist, and you were aware that you weren't alone. Who do you think was with you?
1: I don't know. I I could I could guess. I could say that it was my guides. I could say that it was um, God. I mean, I would just be guessing. I just absolutely, without a doubt, knew I wasn't alone. I, I didn't really, you know, I, I'm just popped out of my body and I'm there. And, uh, I did ask my guides, like, uh, thanks for the welcome home party. (laughs) Once I had all the memory, you know, thanks for the, the seating on the park bench with you, God. I, I mean, that would have been fun. But they're like, you were just there. You'd only been down there a month and a half. What did you expect? And remember you planned it. And I'm like, oh yeah, we did do that, didn't we? So yeah, you know, so it, it, I, like I said, I'm not going to give you the most incredible NDE you've ever heard in your whole life. It's, it's, I can't provide that. I can say, I absolutely know that I did go. And it was
0: great. Well, it's interesting that you know that you planned it. And I presume that means that you planned on having this spiritual life as well.
1: The whole thing has been a journey. And I've been, it's driven me absolutely crazy. Like everything was a stepping stone, the trauma as, as a 10 year old for the hellfire and damnation. I might not have ever heard about NDEs. I might never have paid attention to that. But hey, I'm scared to death to die. So I better listen to that. Everything has been a stepping to get me to the next place. It's all been connected, all of it, to get me to this point that I'm at now. And I really, um, my passion in this life has been my two children and my grandchildren. Nothing, you know, my other passion on my, on a personal, just about me thing is My spiritual journey, my path, the things that I've seen, the things I've heard them say, what they've shown me, how the creator has revealed himself, herself to me. I mean, still call him him. Uh, I know some people just can't deal with that, that, but it's just, you know, like I said, I'm not Terry over there either. So it's just all words. I know who I'm talking to. I know who's talking to me. I know who loves my soul. So, yeah.
0: For those people out there who are grieving over the loss of a loved one, what kind of advice do you have for them?
1: Oh, Well, um, if they're watching this, they're in the right place to know that there's definitely something more. Um, that the love that we feel on the other side is our human brain cannot comprehend that the type of love that their, that their loved one is in and experiencing. And it is not sitting on a cloud, even though I was in a mist. It's not like that. We're very busy over there. Um, And we'll definitely be with them again. And I, I, I want to be careful here because grief is, grief is hard. But I truly, I've experienced it, where my family members—I mean, my mother, my father, my brother—they're all gone. I I have my kids, my grandkids. So, um, so I have a lot of people trying to connect it, and they do make an effort to show you that they're here. I mean, they really do. Um, So, you know, for me, it's been dragonflies and uh i'm pretty sure my parents sat outside on the on the wire in the morning into two morning doves and those doves would not after my father died they would not leave for a long time they were there they're gone now i don't call on them a lot to come and i mean they're busy they'll come when they need to come and um smells are uh, another way that they can come in so um look for your loved one be open and, and if it happens don't doubt it why would you doubt it? Don't doubt it um you know they they want us to know that they're okay and they are very okay
0: well before we finish up Terry can you leave us with one last positive message?
1: I think the thing that I would like everybody to to try to remember is of course this comes from biggest skeptic. But I've been hearing it a lot. Don't doubt yourself. The connection that we every one of us has is so real. And it is really who we are. We are not the body. Um we existed long before and will exist long after these bodies are no longer our form of of travel. So um, you know, trust your trust your instincts, look for your instincts, ask. ask i mean if you don't ask then they can't interfere with your free will so if you're not asking to hear from your own guides and to tap your own intuition and your own abilities because everybody has them then you never know i mean if you haven't had a near death and this is for people who have not had an nde and it is it is there i mean my six-year-old grandson walked through the living room at three years old and looked at me and said, you're my daughter. And I said, no, I'm your grandmother. And he said, no, you're my daughter and I'm your dad. Well, I already suspected, but boy, didn't he just knock me out. (laughs) And so the kids are being born with this stuff. I mean, they are, they're not dying for this anymore. They're the, the switch is just full up and, and I think even my kids' generation. My son's empathic. Um, two of my grandchildren. I mean, one of them is a step grandchild, and he's fully empathic. Um, so a lot of the kids are getting it. But for those old timers like me, for people who didn't have an NDE and were maybe born not quite in this generation that we're seeing now, it's it's available to everybody. So you know, get your energy up, get your intuition going, tap into your stuff, and and be the light.
0: Terry, thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me, Jeff. It's been fun. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.